thank you very much, uh, Brother Sunday, for leading us uh, so well. This is a bittersweet moment because uh, we are coming to the end of uh, Ephesians. Um, it, it's bitter because it's such a, a rich letter, which I do believe we, we have not really done justice <laughs> to it. Um, but at the same time, I think it is sweet because the word of God is vast. And so this is uh, a time for us to move to other parts of the word of God. But friends, before we do that, we have one final message from the Apostle Paul um, to the Ephesians and from God to us. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 21 to 24. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 21 to 24. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 21 to 24. In some of your Bibles, there is a subheading. Final greetings. Here's the word of God as it comes to you, friends. For the last time in Ephesians. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Verse 23 and 24. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord, Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, still our hearts before you. Open up our hearts to receive this ancient, divine, living and active word that was written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit, but still active and alive today if we receive it in faith and if you apply it to our hearts. We now ask that you may change us from the inside out and bless us together, even as we see how this intertwines with the, uh, the theme and also how this comes together as one, even as we have to see what you have to say to us in this word today. Lord, be with me as I preach. Be with the hearers. We ask that you may be with us, even those who may watch online, whether it's this year or next year or 200 years later. Be with them and save them from their sin. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Friends, today I'll be louder than normal because I realize I'm, have to, I'm having to compete with Neriah. So uh, if I go louder, don't say pastor is shouting at us, uh, but I'm trying to compete with them so that we can hear, you can hear the word of God as, as, as well as I. All right. The world has a population of 7.7 .7 billion people. But we are told that this is the loneliest generation. Perhaps even now, you who are sitting before me here are lonely. You may look like you're all right, but uh, you feel alone. And Paul's letter to the Ephesian churches ends with an encouragement. You know, Paul started out his letter with the message of redemption, planned, how God planned salvation. Now he ends his letter with the gospel redemption unfolded. All right. This is, of course, after laboring on the vast topic of spiritual warfare, which we were able to spend some time in it for many a sermon. And last time out, we looked at the topic of praying for gospel advance. And now we look at the necessity of partnering in the gospel work as we see the words of the Apostle Paul as he, as he concludes his letter. Hear the word of God again, friends, so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incomparable. Friends, I've titled this sermon, The Necessity of Partnership in the Gospel. And I want us to see three points from this text. First of all, I want us to see that it's necessary to partner in the gospel so that we may collaborate with other Christians. So it's collaboration with other Christians. The second point is companionship in the work. The third point is communion with God. Right? So I've tried to put CCC. Let's look first at collaboration with other Christians. Verse 21 and 22. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Friends, those of you who are Christians need to know something. We need each other. We need to walk together. We need to love one another, to be part of one another's lives, each other's lives, and pray for one another. There is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. 
And Paul was a, was a prime example of this. In fact, he planted churches, met many brothers and sisters, and as a result, though he was prisoned, he wasn't lonely. He wasn't languishing. He had the triune God as his comfort, and as a result, he actually had the church of God as his comfort. As a result of his salvation, of his salvation founded and grounded in the Trinity, he had other people to walk with and to collaborate with in the work of the gospel. And friends, that's why we see in the text, he sent a representative to go and relay a fresh message to go and deliver this letter, this letter of to the to the churches in Ephesians. These were multiple churches in the in, in the area known as Ephesus, and this letter was to be taken to different churches. And Tychicus was there to be taking these letters. This letter, sorry. Of course, we will later find out that he also took to the the letter of the. Colossians at the same time to, to the people in Coloss Colossae but these letters were put together they were the prison epistles and friends this was straight from the horse's mouth he wanted the Christians in Ephesus to know how they are doing how to uh, and how the Christians should be encouraged by this message. Look how he puts it there at the end of verse 22. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And so these letters were sent, uh, this holy scripture were sent for them to be encouraged in their hearts. And of course, to know how Paul was. And we learn, friends, that there is a necessity for Christians to collaborate with other Christians in the gospel work, in whatever capacity they can, so long as they're united on what the gospel is. Because we don't want to be partnering with heretics. We don't want to be partnering with enemies of God. We don't want to be partnering with blasphemers of God. We want to be partnering with people who know what the gospel is. So long as they have the urgency for the lost, an urgency in seeing Christ proclaimed as the only means that the elect are drawn into the kingdom. There has to be an urgency. And this urgency is seen in how we collaborate with other Christians. And the Apostle Paul is a prime example. He was not only confined to a prison and remained a lone ranger Christian and remained a bishop, high and mighty. No. He had other believers who were outside, who he could rely on, who he could count on, who he could pray with who he could encourage, and they could encourage him too. Friends, this is why our confession says in the chapter 26.14, the London Baptist Confession of Faith says the following. How beautiful are these words. 
every church and all its members are obligated to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all churches of Christ in every place. We are to pray. They must also, at every opportunity, within the limits of their stations and callings, exercise their gifts and graces to benefit every church. Also, and when churches are raised up by the providence of God, in as far as they enjoy opportunity and favorable circumstances for it, they should have fellowship amongst themselves for their peace, growth in love, and mutual edification. We should pray for the success of the gospel. There is no need for us to compete with Grace Community Church. There is no need for us to be in competition with churches that seem to be uh, gaining more numbers, gaining more ground, uh, you know, having exponential fruits in the gospel ministry. That is unchristlike to not pray. To be jealous. It's unchristlike to stand in the way of the gospel. It's unchristlike to even start stealing people from other churches. I don't know if you've ever met people who say we're evangelizing, we're evangelizing, and instead of reaching the lost, the churchless, they go around looking in churches to pick people and say, Come! And then that's how they grow their churches. They say, we are growing. We are expounding the gospel. Look at us. We are to pray, to exercise our gifts. If a church says, Felix, brother, please come and preach. The Lord has gifted you, brother. Go and spread the tidings round. Wherever man is found, the comforter has come. So the boy, so the apostle Paul is teaching us. And you do not need a PhD in New Testament studies to see that Paul was not a lone ranger. He planted churches, was supported by churches, supported churches in in different capacities, because Paul was an apostle, prayed for churches, and got connected. And oh, friends, how we need to collaborate with other churches, to labor in the gospel work, to see gospel advance. It connects so beautifully. Before there, Paul was praying for the gospel to advance. Now he's teaching about the necessity to partner in the gospel. So what is the application? First of all, friends, seek to know about other Christians from all over the world. Seek to know. Solid Christians. We've got internet. Half of the time we're watching statuses of useless things. Get connected. Number two, make friendships and pray with other Christians. Number three, this is, a, this is a, an uncommon one, especially for our culture. Send out periodic newsletters 
to Christians, you know for prayer and support. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe we are the Sundays, we have a, a newsletter that we send out every three months to people we have met in China, to people we have met in Zimbabwe, to Christians we have met in the U.S. Such that the web of the Christian, of Christianity is not broken and you've got people from all over the world praying for you and supporting you. In many things. Sometimes we want to be lone rangers. I'm in Zimbabwe, I don't want to know anyone else. I just want to be alone. It's a challenge even for those who think that it's outlandish. And those who call themselves introverts. I'm introverted, I can't talk to anyone. Number four, work with other Christians. Not necessarily of your own denomination for the expansion of the kingdom of God. You've got gifts, go and work. So long as they are not a blasphemer of God and a reviler of the truth. Number two, I want us to see in the necessity of partnership in gospel work, the need for companionship in the work. The need for companionship. I said collaborations with Christians. Now I'm looking at companionship in the work. Verse 21 and 22 yet again. So that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Friends, I want to make a case that partnerships in the gospel prosper when gospel ministers have, have close companions in the world. Whether it's gospel ministers or you're just a lay Christian, I want to make a case that you need close companions. And I want to say, friends, even before I get anywhere, that I am grateful for this church. I'm grateful for BRBC because you are all my companions. In one way or another, you are all my companions in the gospel. And when I stand before a holy God, I'll say, God, thank you for the people that you gave me for the gospel work. They were a support to me in many different ways. Even though we are sinners and we fall short of the glory of God, we don't do what we're supposed to do. So many of the times we're rebellious, but God gives us companions to be able to work with. And I'm grateful. But we see here that Paul had a companion in troubled times. He had a companion who stuck with him in difficult times, a loyal companion. Though many had forsaken him, for example, Demas had forsaken him because he loved the world. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. And we see another example where Paul had to actually separate with Barnabas. In Acts chapter 15, verse 36 to 41. 
they had a sharp disagreement. They could not reach an agreement, so they split up. And as far as the sacred scripture records, these two remarkable people never saw one another again. Friends, in the Christian life, it's, it's possible to separate. There are people who are afraid to separate with other Christians. Oh, I need to, I need to maintain some sort of, you know, companionships. But once we see that the times and the seasons and the providences belong to a holy God, who knows tomorrow where we will be but the Holy God. Who knows tomorrow that maybe one day, Sunday, and, and Felix may have a, a, a sharp disagreement on, the, on eschatology and, and Sunday will be fed up and say, I want out from this church. And they go their separate ways. Not that any has lost their salvation. No. But they've separated. We, we are so afraid to separate because we want to maintain. But we see, although that Paul had many a heartache, he had a faithful man known as Tychicus. And who was Tychicus? Listen to what John Gill says. He says, this Tychicus was of Asia, who accompanied, who accompanied the Apostle Paul in his travels and went with him to Rome, from whence he sent him to several places to relate his case and to know the state of the churches. Colossians 4, 7. He calls him a, a beloved brother. He was a brother because he was a partaker of the same grace, was of the same family and household of God, and was of the same function, being a minister of the gospel, and was a beloved one. That's what John Gill says. Oh, friends, that we may be Tychicus. Now, I said earlier on, Tychicus carried the letter to the Colossae or to the Colossians. And it is striking how the letters are so similar, such that if you read the end of Colossians chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, you will see the same exact wording. I have sent Tychicus, so that you may know how we are. You must send Tychicus. By the way, friends, I want to, I want to say this. Even as I read this, it struck me that sometimes we're not really open as Christians. Because Paul is saying, so that you may know how we are, I will send my representative, Tychicus, who will tell you everything that is happening. Sometimes you, say, you send a text to someone, how are you doing? Fine. There's no explanation. Okay, no brother. This week has been like this. I was tempted this way. And you know, things are not going well in my life. I had a fight with my husband. I had this. It's almost like, fine. In an age of communication, we are the most poor rest of communicators. <laughs> in an age of advanced communication technology, you have everything. 
at your fingertips. But no communication. We need the type of friendships we see in the Gospels. Well, we need these type of friendships in the Gospel. We need solid companions in the work of the Gospel, dependable people of integrity, wise, faithful. Friends, I need to be a faithful companion to, any, to everyone I come in contact with. You need to be a faithful companion to other Christians. And ask yourself, am I such a person? It is even seen practically. Can I be trusted to lead a Bible study? If you're a man or if you're a woman, maybe you're leading children as a woman or leading other women, can you be a trusted person? Can you be a tikikas? Or even to lead a Bible study, a simple Bible study. You've got a Bible study that you need to lead. Can I trust you? To be able to not lead people into heresy? Can I trust you to be on time? To teach what is truthful? Can I trust you to handle the word of truth? And rightly divide the truth of God's word? Paul had a companion. In the gospel work. And my argument for today and case is that if we want the gospel to be successful and progress we need reliable companions be a person who is trusted with people's kids in the community people should be able to leave kids with you or money with you, knowing that it won't be spent or the children will not be molested. The calling is high. The Christian life is hard. It demands sacrifice and denial of sin. And friends, the issue of being a, a dependable person is big in Zimbabwe. That is because our environment permits lies. And lies are fashion. Lying. Being someone who's not dependable. Being uh, uh, someone who, whose life has got so many gaps. You don't know where this person coming from or going. You don't know whether what they've said is right or wrong. You don't know where they've been the whole week, what they've been doing, etc, etc, because they lie. And we see here Paul in prison is at liberty to send Tikikas with the letters, with the holy words of scripture. Ah, friends, this is challenging to me. This is challenging. 
and he had BRBC friends to come home. I pray that this church may be a church of people who are tikikasts, people of integrity, people who mean what they say and say what they mean. And if people are like that, the gospel would advance. Because the witness, right? If we are people who are hypocrites, the people who are ministering to will run away from us and call us out. And friends, Tychicus got a commendation from the Apostle Paul. Can the same be said of you? He said, my brother, Tychicus, the beloved brother. And Paul knew the entails of the letters will not be altered. Or Tychicus will not sell the letters and even turn a corner and head to Africa or first go and look for food for his children and then afterwards, then he goes to Ephesus and Colossae. Oh, friends, may we have faithful people. Nowadays, there are few you can't find. You can't find. You'll be just fearful to say, Who can I leave my children? Who can I? Is my wife safe around this brother or sister? Repentance is warranted. What is the application? Then we wrap up everything. We need to think long and hard and take stock of our hearts. Are we saved? That's the first thing. Secondly, and when you are saved, are you a dependable companion? And are you a faithful? Take stock of your life. Think long and hard to say, Oh God, where have I been unfaithful in being a dependable companion to someone, to another Christian in the gospel? Or even my spouse. But I want to make a, a third case for the necessity of partnership in the gospel that all of us who are partnering in the gospel must be in communion with God. Verse 23 and 24. Listen to how Paul puts it. Peace to the brothers, right? Peace to those brothers. And love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord. Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Of course, I won't go into the details uh, to expose it, what is being said. Say peace to the brothers. We already know that peace is arena, it's reconciliation. But what Paul is, is saying here in his final salutation, he he ends where he began. 
where in, in, in chapter 1, he says something similar. Paul, an apostle, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's like the, the, the greeting and the salutation have sandwiched everything. He has sandwiched everything between the greeting and the salutation to emphasize the point that really for you to, able, to be able to understand and, and, and live out these things, you need communion with God. You need to be in constant communion with God. And Paul is saying, for this gospel to advance, friends, I have sent this letter to, uh, to you guys with Tychicus. Peace be to you and love. I wish you well. Peace. We know that ultimate peace comes from Christ. Christ is the one that reconciles us. Just as you, as you have been justified by faith, you have peace with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. And love. We know that God is love. He's the definition of love. And if you have no God, you have no love. With faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the unison of the Father and the Son, although the Spirit is not mentioned here, particularly in this text, we know that the Spirit is present because we know that our God is a triune God. And we know that you cannot separate the three persons of the Trinity. And Paul is saying, if you have this God, if you have communion with this God, you will be able to partner and work in the gospel, the true gospel that brings forth fruit. And friends, I can make a case to say all these other entities that preach nonsense, there's no fruit. You can see numbers and cars and people flashing money. There is no fruit of salvation. There is no transformation in their hearts, in their souls. Like that one which comes from the gospel. The communion we share with God informs our partnerships in the gospel. When we read the word, pray, grow in fellowship, grow in grace, we will, be, we will grow in the gospel. And my question for us today, friends, are you growing in love for the saints? Let me ask that again. Are you growing in love for the saints such that you are willing to die for your brothers? When I say die, I'm saying you are literally willing to sacrifice all that you have for the welfare 
of the saints. You are willing to gather with the local church in the most adverse conditions because you want to be with your friends in the Lord, your brothers and sisters. Do you know what Christ did on the cross for us to be in fellowship? Do you know what the fuss is about? When you, what is the fuss about the church, you know? I, I need to say, friends, maybe, I sometimes think maybe I'm mad because when I think about the way people, the attitude that people have for the gathering of the saints, I sometimes don't know whether we understand what the Bible teaches. I, I sometimes don't know whether we understand what God has for us in the world when it comes to that. The, the seriousness, the, the, the solemnity, the, the way we should set aside a day in the week where we prepare our hearts, where we take it seriously. You take your, your children and your wife and your family. You go and gather with other saints. You, you have prepared your hearts. Nothing should come before that. Nothing. Not work. Work can be laid aside for the saints. Sometimes, in some cases, health can be laid aside. Relatives can be laid aside. When you go on holidays to countries, you are in the Bahamas, look for a church. Don't say, I'm in the Bahamas, no church, I'm not going to church, I'm on holiday. You're on holiday from the saints, from God, And it's very important also to see where you're taking your family to. You don't just take your family to people who blaspheme God. If there's no church, there's no church. The patriarchs look forward to the Lord Jesus Christ, though they did not perceive him. The prophets foretold his coming. He came into this earth, born of a virgin, preached in temples at a young age, as a young man, lived a perfect and sinful life, was tempted and tried, his own people rejected him, he was mocked, spattered, humiliated, for our sake, crucified and resurrected after three days to prove to his critics and the forces of darkness that he is God. He ascended and will return the way he ascended to judge the world and take those who believe and truly lived for and with him. Friends, won't you receive this salvation today with fear and trembling and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ so that you may be saved and join in partnering 
to bring the lost to the kingdom. Amen.